0: Here we go, episode two. We already are to our second episode here at the Naturopathic Doc Podcast. And today we're going to be talking about how to get your doctor to actually listen to you, how to have effective communication without aggressiveness or assert, and how to be assertive without being aggressive. I think that's how I meant to say that. I said that wrong, but that's okay. Here we go. Real quick, it's launch week and so I am super excited that you're here and you're listening. But what would super help me out this week especially is if you logged on to Apple Podcasts and you left me a review. Now scroll down and you click the write a review and give me a review however many stars you want to give me. Five is ideal. But... Please write me a detailed review about why you love this podcast, who can benefit from it. It's the only way that the algorithm on podcasts, on Apple Podcasts, actually feeds people my podcast, and it helps me out so much. Thank you. Welcome to the Naturopathic Doc Podcast, where we empower women to take back control of their health. I'm your host, Dr. Kaylin Galloway, and I'm excited to help you navigate the confusing and frustrating world of healthcare through a holistic lens. Join me each week as we discuss practical tips and expert advice on how to get the most from your healthcare team. So grab a cup of tea and take a deep breath, and let's get back your power one visit at a time. As a naturopathic physician, I aim to embrace the principle of docere, which is Latin for to teach, which is my exact desire for this podcast is to teach you more about your body and about health. But... None of this should be considered advice, specifically medical advice. Any and all health decisions should be done with your personal physician. Ah, so here we go. So today I want to talk to you about how you should communicate with your doctor. What is the best way to get this relationship established? It's super important that the relationship that you build with a practitioner is based on trust. And it's really hard to develop that in our world in the healthcare world, or at least in the United States, what I'm actually familiar with is that you have 11 minutes of face time with a physician on average, meaning sometimes you have less than that. Sometimes you have more. In the case of naturopathic medicine, you generally have 30 minutes to an hour, but in turn for most people listening to this podcast, you're probably going to have way less than that. And so it's really important that you learn how to have effective communication with people. And create a lasting impression that you are able to both trust each other in this care that you're giving so in terms of the roles of a doctor and patient relationship you have a power differential and one of that is that a physician in our society is looked up to it's kind of morphing and changing over time but still today there is a power differential between a doctor and the patient they hold the keys to a prescription most of the time or the cure, if you want to use like layman's terms, which I don't know that that, that wasn't meant to be condescending. But like if we want to say like the cure, which is a whole different podcast that I'm digging out in my head. Anyway, ADHD. Uh, so the uh, explanation is that you are walking into something where the, Social norm is that there is a power differential. Now, I want you to think about when you're going to the doctor is that you're kind of going in for a consult. You know your body. You know who you are. You know what symptoms you're experiencing. You know what you have tried. You know what you are willing to do and what you're not willing to do. And so the difficulty here is communicating that to the physician in a way that's concise, thorough, and consistent so you're keeping that story consistent over time so that they can get a clear uh clear image of how you have changed so one thing I want you to know is that you have to go see your physician again and I'm gonna make a weird clicking oh no just kidding I thought I was gonna have to push the space bar in my computer and it's a keyboard that's like a typewriter so it makes really loud anyway moving on I'm gonna pretend like I didn't do that (laughs) <laughs> now in order for you to do this you need to prepare for appointments you need to show up for yourself as I did in episode said in episode one consistency is the number one thing you need to do in terms of getting involved in your health care and that is important in exercise in diet in lifestyle changes but it's also important in how you prepare for a physician's appointment and so What you need to do is have everything ready for what you want out of an appointment. And that means you should goal set. You should set goals before you go to a doctor. You should be like, this is what I want out of this. I want a diagnosis. I want a treatment option. I want treatment options. I want just a medication. I'm willing to do lifestyle changes. I am not willing to do these lifestyle changes. Because if you're not clear on what you want, the physician cannot give you what you need. So. How can they show up for you and give you the advice you want and the advice you need if you don't know what advice you're looking for? So before you go to your physician, you should have a goal set out. Create a SMART goal where it's specific, it's um, it's measurable, it's actionable, it's realistic, and it's timely. You should really be setting this like, goal that's very specific for each appointment and then a goal that's overarching over the time in which you're going to see this physician. If it's your primary care, this is a, I'm this year, this is my goal. Or if it's someone that is in dealing with a chronic illness and you're seeing a lot of specialists, each specialist should have a goal. You should have a goal for each specialist every time you go to their office. They don't have the time to waste on appointments. You, They are busy. They are busy. They are booked. There's a reason you can't get an appointment right away. They're not trying to not give you care. They just are overwhelmed. And so you have to have a game plan because if you don't have a game plan, you will not get the most out of those 11 minutes. You won't get the most. So you should organize your thoughts, come up with a synopsis of all the symptoms that you're experiencing, have detailed notes on exactly what you need to, what you are currently taking. And yes, that means that you should have all of the prescription medications that you currently are taking with dosages. And that dosages are not, I take one capsule a day. Dosages are the milligrams or micrograms or that so it's MCG for all my American people or MG at the end of that number on the prescription bill because those are super important interactions are not just black and white when it comes to medications a lot of times there's a dose sparing effect like there's a difference the interactions between medications differ based on the dose of a certain medication so it's super important that you know exactly what you're taking when you're taking it and how much and that same thing can be said for supplements meaning vitamins minerals that you're taking your multivitamin what brand is it and then also herbs, because herbs are very possibly able to interact with medications. Now, I will tell you, if you're going to someone who is not a naturopath, who is not an herbalist, their automatic gut reaction is going to be that if something is wrong with you, those herbs are, are, are an underlying reason or could be an underlying reason. And most likely, if they don't know, they're going to tell you that you should stop the herbs. Now, I am not going to tell you not to listen to a physician's advice, but I will say you should go to the appropriate expert for what you should be taking. So someone who is an expert in rheumatology should be telling you what rheumatologic drugs you should be taking and the interactions they have with other medications. Someone who knows herbs and knows how they interact with other medications should be telling you how to take those medications. And for me, and what my experience shows is that a licensed, licensed naturopathic physician, so that's only in very few states in the United States, has the training to know when an herb is not okay to take with a certain medication. And if they do not know, they have the resources and the ability to research information that they don't that don't necessarily know. Now, I've done this before in my own life in that I take an SSRI. I'm currently on an SSRI as a naturopath. We'll get into that in another episode, but I I definitely do take it. It makes me a livable human because I've lived a non-naturopathic life getting through med school. So, but I take an SSRI and I was taking the herb angiographis. Now, there is very little research on interactions with andrographis anywhere. And if you look at interaction checkers online, which is really easy to look at, don't do it. Have your doctor do it. If you look at interaction checkers online, it will not tell you that andrographis interacts with sertraline. won't tell you. But I noticed that as I was taking both of those together my ssri was not working as well i was getting more depressive episodes i felt like i wasn't on my medication and when i looked it up they're both cleared by the same liver enzyme and so they were interacting and the reason i knew that is because i knew to go look up how it is processed in the body because of my training so get your information from the right physician and a lot of times if a physician does not know they're going to just tell you no and that's okay that's their job your job is to follow the advice that you want, that you um, know to be true, that is in their wheelhouse, and seek advice from someone who is also in the wheelhouse of the other questions. So, but it is super important that you have all the supplements and medications that you are currently taking available for physicians to know exactly what you're doing and what interactions are there, because sometimes the interactions are severe, and you should take that advice. It's just, it's a very like slippery slope to say that all herbs are what causes are going to interact and we don't know and we should never take it. So I don't like those blanket statements. But if someone tells you that that an herb interacts with a certain medication that you're taking, definitely listen. It's just also know like you should be critically thinking about what you are doing. Now again, I am not giving you medical advice here. I'm just telling you you should go to the correct expert for the correct information. Now, Communication during your appointment. It is so easy, one, to feel like you're being dismissed because a physician is not listening to your desires. You might have a goal for an appointment that is not going to be congruent with how the physician reads the visit because they probably are triaging in their mind what is the most important thing to treat first. It is your job as a patient to ask the question of why. Do not assume that someone is just ignoring you or not wanting to get where you where not wanting to get you to where you want to go. This is a team. This is a team. Now, if your physician does not want to be a team and you don't feel supported by them, then you have every right to discontinue care. You have every right to tell them I don't want to do this. But it should be a team that communicates with each other. And that is on you to make sure that your communicating where you don't understand so if a physician is not going to where your treatment options are are wanting or a physician is making goals that are not incongruent with your most pressing symptom like for instance I have allergies I have really bad allergies I have gone to the doctor multiple times about figuring out how to solve my allergies now I've gotten in a rhythm I know when to take my Zyrtec like I've gotten in a rhythm But one symptom that's always come up that never gets addressed, my ears itch with allergies. They itch so bad and it never gets brought up because it's such a minute symptom. Like, I don't have an ear infection. There's nothing wrong, but it's such a big deal for me. So I have to hammer it. Like, no, 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 I don't think you understand. My ears itch. I need help. And then I get help. So you have to communicate what your most pressing symptom is what your most pro like the problem you're having with your health care and make sure that you're actually communicating that clearly but also know that higher order of symptoms symptoms that are meaning of something that's more dangerous for your health long term is probably going to be prioritized over what is your most pressing symptom in that moment but this is teamwork and your treatments are options based on how you want to survive so you need to communicate with your physician. Hey. I know we're trying to treat X, but can I get help with Y? Very quickly, very succinctly. And you should have this all in your notes that you've already prepared. Now, things you want to avoid is don't be assertive. Just kidding. Don't be aggressive. I messed this up in the intro. Don't be aggressive. You want to be assertive. Don't be aggressive. You want to be clear and to the point and very specific about what you want. You want to answer questions. Questions are great. It's trying to understand what's wrong with you. If a physician asks you a question, answer it honestly. They are not judging you. They want to know the real answer. Lying about it or twisting the truth doesn't help you. Even if you feel sh- shame over the truth, they want to help you. They want you to feel better. I don't care what type of medicine we're talking about. I don't care if it's an MD, a DL, an naturopath, a naturopathic chiropractor, an acupuncturist, a therapist, they all want to make you feel better. And they can't make you feel get better if you are not telling the truth because you feel shame about what the truth actually is. So be honest, be open, be willing to discuss things that you don't feel like you would discuss with anybody else. This is a a relationship, like I said in the beginning, that is a foundation of trust. So be assertive, be clear, be poignant about what you want and what they need from you. But don't be angry. It is very common for someone that is not that has been like given the runaround and the loop of medicine to be angry because it's you feel unheard, unseen, uncared for. Remember that your anger should not be directed towards this one person. Your anger is directed at the system, at the the inane stupidity of the American healthcare system, or if you're dealing with another country, whatever system you're in, or if you feel like you're not getting the care you need, you should be mad and you can be angry. You can be angry at that person, really, but it will not get you where you want to go if you're angry and aggressive to the point of them shutting down. So it is really important to check yourself when it comes to anger in the appointment. You should be very clear about what you want, but be respectful. Be absolutely respectful. Now, after you get done with your appointment, you should definitely have a, a, an assessment. I would, I personally, as someone who, like, knows how hard it is to get an appointment, I don't care if they told me I need a follow-up or if they told me that I can follow them up, but, like, I can schedule it later, I go to the front office and I schedule a follow-up right then and there before I leave. I can cancel it later. But no matter what, even if I have the feeling of like, I am never seeing that person again, they were so rude. I schedule a follow up because then I know it's on the books. And if I really do need help, I can get it. Now I schedule, I put in like a reminder to to cancel it in time, just in case. Like I, I create systems for how to schedule my appointments. But I find it super, super important to schedule a follow up because they book up so quickly. And you never know when you're going to need something or you never know how long it's going to be before you need another appointment. And the last thing you want to do is call later in the day and be like, hey, I need an appointment and they're not being anything for three to four months. So schedule a follow up. And I am, if we're talking about going to see a specialist, I schedule a follow up with my primary care really shortly after going to the specialist because I want to have open communication between all of my healthcare teams. I want to make sure that my primary care knows what's happening and that if they need one, they can have a records release as needed to understand the care. Or if I feel like I need an advocate, which is what your primary care physician should be, I need an advocate, then I'm going to go to the primary care physician and say, hey, I really, really, really need help. This, they didn't see me. They didn't see me. I either need another referral or I need you to like consult with them and see like maybe I'm not understanding. Use your primary care as your ally. Now, lastly, if I walk out of an appointment and I feel worse and I feel degraded and I feel not heard and I feel unseen, I never go back. I don't go back. I get a new physician. I know my boundaries. I know what my closed fist things are, meaning the things I don't budge on, the things that I will not tolerate. And I know what my open-handed things are, meaning I don't like them, but I also know I need care. So I'm going to like, I'm going to sit with this and and accept that this is the way it is, but I don't have to be happy about it. Now, if I have one of my closed-handed things, my closed fist things, get totally violated, I'm done. I leave the appointment. I don't wait for like the, the systems in the office to be completed. I'm done. Because I know that if I don't feel supported and cared for in that moment, I don't have to stay. And I think we forget that. We forget that we have the power to say, no, I don't want this. Um, now the last thing I will say, bring someone with you if you can. Have someone that is a third party. Now sometimes that means a spouse which really isn't neutral, but sometimes it's really helpful to have someone to remind you of things that have happened, and also it's really helpful to have someone else advocate for you and stand up for you and be like, "I don't think you understand what she's talking about." Like for instance, I was when I was pregnant my first trimester, I ended up being exhausted. I would sleep 19 hours a day. I would like I was in med school and it was it was COVID. So I would like I shouldn't say that maybe it's they're gonna hear me anyway um <laughs> the uh, we were on zoom and so I would literally get on my laptop after like I'd be in bed up until like two minutes before class I'd get up log into zoom so that I would get attendance points submit like whatever quiz question they were going to ask for attendance and then fall back asleep and I would do this all day like my husband would have to wake me up to feed me And like, I, that's all I would do. And he was like, I, this is not normal. And I was like, well, my blood results came back and they said it was normal. They said it was normal. And he was like, this is not normal. Like, I've seen pregnant women. This is not normal. So finally he called the midwife and was like, okay, I want to see the lapse. Like, (laughs) I don't, I, I, I'm not waiting any longer I need to know what's wrong and he's in the medical field so he knew how to interpret them and then he was able to actively advocate for my care and get me the medication that I needed. I actually ended up developing hypothyroidism in my first trimester and thank God that he actually advocated for me because I could have lost my child if I hadn't had that advocacy with me. So if you can, I know not everyone has that privilege, but if you can, bring someone with you to every appointment so that you have that third-party person. And I will say, like, in terms of, like, how insurances used to bill last time, if you had people that had incongruent stories, they actually got to upcode you more because you were trying to decipher as a physician, like, who was correct. So in terms of that, like, people... You, you will get more of a of a thought process from the physician and they will have to be more present if you have p- two people in the room who are trying to discuss what happened. And you want to agree. I'm not saying don't disagree. But if someone disagrees with you about how you have lived, like you're saying, like, I'm totally fine. Like, it's not that big of a deal. And then your husband's like, no, it, it's, 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 she's miserable. She's lying. Like, she's just trying to be nice and not sticking up first, which is something I do. I totally do it's helpful. It's helpful for you to be like, okay, this type, then the physician knows, oh, she's the type of person that downplays her symptoms and her husband's here to try to make sure that she gets the care she needs. So it's really important to have that advocate. Have someone with you. Make sure you commit to that. So I really hope that was really helpful. I know that Going to the doctor is intimidating. I know that sometimes it's demoralizing because someone who is more egocentric and has, um, in some cases, got complexes, (laughs) a lot of times though they don't. I think that's a stereotype that sometimes is a little overblown. Um, There are specialists that do have a lot of knowledge and they, they know their craft and they know their they have so much knowledge and so much training that they have confidence in what they actually do know, and then if you look at the rest of their lives, they don't really have it together anywhere else, so just know they're human. They have devoted so many years to this expertise that they have, whether that be a neurologist or a primary care physician or an ER, um, an ER physician, like everybody single physician has devoted their life to something that is exhausting and yet so fulfilling because their goal is to make you feel better and they may not remember that goal because they're in the drudgery that is the healthcare system right now and they're working long hours and they're seeing people that are are super sick and also people that could that could make lifestyle changes but aren't able to because of a myriad of other factors. And they've seen the consequences of those things like heart disease, diabetes, and, and liver disease. And it's really hard to look at that day in and day out and know that it's not really the patient's fault. But also, like, it's really easy to have the bias of like, oh my god, this is crazy. There's so many things in our world right now that could be avoided, that could be helped by making actions earlier. And so I would just give a, your physician a little bit of a break on how uh, judgmental you think they are. I would just give that a overview and look at that from a perspective of non-bias, looking at it as a way of saying they have their own perspective that I can't understand. And I'm going to leave with this one story of like, I went with my husband to, um, visit his, one of his, uh, connections, one of his friends at their office in Scottsdale, and it was a beautiful office. If you know anything about Scottsdale, Arizona, it is very fancy, it is very, very rich, very beautiful. This was an amazing office, and we went out on the balcony of their, um, room, of their break room, and, um, we were looking at Camelback Mountain, and this is a really famous mountain in Arizona, looks like a camel it has like, like it has little humps and you can see the little head and it's it's very much like picturesque like if you see that mountain you're you're in phoenix and it's it's in scottsdale but like it's a symbol of of arizona and the phoenix metropolitan area and so we were looking there and my um my husband's friend was like so i want you to think about this we are all staring at the same mountain all three of us, were staring at the exact same mountain at the exact same time on the exact same balcony. But we three each have a different perspective. We all are standing in a very different spot in the balcony because we can't be on top of each other. But also, you and I look at that mountain from a different perspective based on the memories that we've held from that mountain all the way back from when we were a child. And I was sitting there going, that is so true. Like, for instance, my husband's friend had been living in Phoenix for the last 10 years. And he had come from Phoenix from a place that was fairly snowy. And Phoenix was his oasis. It was his escape from being in the tundra. It was a, it was a beautiful thing for him. And then whereas, like, my husband grew up in, in, um, in Georgia. And Phoenix has been nothing but trauma to him from med school nothing but trauma like we had like emotional trauma from the school that we attended we had physical trauma because his body just really did not tolerate the heat and he knew that that mountain was just like the symbol of phoenix and so he had a very different perspective than me who my high school i was in phoenix we hiked up that almost every other like we hiked up that every year every couple months i hiked up that mountain and was able to experience the beauty of our of arizona in a very deep way and so i saw that mountain as something like pleasant my husband was like oh it's camelback people die there like that was so it was was an interesting moment of saying like you could be at the exact same place at the exact same time and not even have a power differential and you all have a different perspective So it's really important that when you say, I'm going to be in someone else's shoes, it doesn't just mean where they're standing in that moment. So I hope that helps. I hope that's a really good image for you. It's really stood with me that that story has really stood with me for a very long time. And it's meant a lot. So I really hope I'm glad that I've been able to share it with you. Um, I hope you have a wonderful day, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Naturopathic Doc Podcast. I hope you found today's episode helpful and informative. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to leave a review on Apple Podcast. Your reviews help us reach more listeners and continue to provide valuable content to our community. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And if you have any questions or topics you'd like to see covered on the show, please feel free to email us at the Doc at gmail.com or connect with us on social media until next time be kind to yourself and your body and remember that you hold the power to your health dreams thank you for listening to the naturopathic doc podcast